Welcome to the Women on Fire podcast. We're on a mission to help you have your best menopause and rest of your life. I'm your host, Jenna Moore. I'm an accredited integrative health and menopause coach, and I've studied nutritional awareness, women's hormones through a functional medicine lens, and explored various modalities, including breathwork, mindset, and positive psychology. Join me and my guests as we discuss how to navigate the natural life transition of menopause and growing older. From waistlines, waning libidos and what to wear now we're over 40, we discuss it all. Women on Fire is sponsored by Men Me, a New Zealand-based Australasian company by women for women. Men Me specialises in scientifically validated all-natural supplements so you can experience freedom in menopause. Welcome to Midlife Beauty. I'm delighted to be speaking with you about this. I'm a former beauty editor, as some of you may know, in magazines, so it's kind of in my DNA. Beauty is in my DNA. So have you noticed the shift that's occurring? It's like the beauty world has woken up to how stunning women in midlife can be. I love it. It's amazing. From my memory, it had its beginnings a while ago, I don't know if it was late 90s, early 2000s, with international model Dale Haddon, who was like a clear old spokesperson. I think she worked for Revlon, Estee Lauder, L'Oreal. I looked that up on Wikipedia, and it said that when Dale was an older model, and by that I mean over 35, Estee Lauder signed her up to be the face of a new anti-aging line. I interviewed Dale when she visited Down Under quite a long time ago and I'm sure the story went that she had gone door knocking when she was too old to model and she would have none of it or it might have been that she needed to work and earn a living as as her marriage had broken up and when she knocked on those doors L'Oreal or Longcom They are the same company, by the way, signed her. I can't quite remember how it worked at the time, but I know she broke through beauty barriers, which is amazing. And so did actress and model Isabella Rossellini, the daughter of Ingrid Bergman, who was signed to be the face of Longcom in the 80s when she was a top model. But she was dropped in the 90s for being too old. I think she was in her 40s then. 20 years later, maybe around 2016, Longcom came calling again. And right now she's 70 years old and she's currently working with the company alongside actress Amanda Seyfried, who's 37 now, of Mamma Mia fame. On the company's La Vie About fragrance campaign. She actually talks about that story, the evolution of her life with Longcom during the campaign on a video. It's so cool. Um, she talks about the beauty of aging in it as well. So I'll put a link to the in the show notes for you to that. But the point is, Isabella is not alone. There are so many mature models that are in demand now. And mature means over 35, 40, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s, even 80s. Um, So once you hit midlife, you're still very valid as a beautiful woman. And there is a beauty in ageing that is being recognised now. 
which is wonderful. I know historically, actually, women tended to feel invisible in midlife, and I certainly um, don't deny hearing that from a couple of you as well, but I think we're in a season of change. I hope we're in a season of change, and it's a wonderful thing. So let's talk about beauty, because sometimes people ask me what they can do to look after their skin and about their makeup and really quite often we can get set in our ways in the way we do our makeup so maybe if we take a look at that and refresh what we do you know we're busy people we don't want to be bothered with a lot of makeup and that's okay what works for you but other things happen as well like pigmentation hair can thin so we'll go through a couple of those things It all starts with the foundations and nothing will ever take the place of that. Just like in anything, as there is in wellness, as there is in food, as there is in fashion, there are trends in the beauty world. And right now there's this big thing on TikTok about slugging or lugging or something, which is coating your face in Vaseline. Um, And there's various other ones. And, you know, that will never change either but neither will the fundamentals, which are the basics. The thing is that once you're over 40, and certainly as you progress through menopause, the stages of menopause, the skin changes. And with ageing, it changes. But as our estrogen declines, that can be a big contributor because it contributes to a loss of collagen and elastin, which are proteins naturally present in our body, Collagen is responsible for that plumping, lush skin of youth and elastin is responsible for that elasticity. So when you pinch the skin on the top of your hands, how fast it goes back into smoothness, if it does, because actually it stops, I'm just trying that now. (laughs) And this is because estrogen is a big contributor to the production of collagen and elastin. So those basics, those very foundations that you know that you can't bypass are good nutrition, hopefully whole foods plant dominant because vegetables and a little bit of fruit along with lots of lovely pure filtered water are vital for good skin. When you eat this way, you can literally feel the glow radiating out of your skin. That's been my experience anyway. One thing as we grow older, we lose our natural water volume, so it's really good to top that up. But also, I I run a 21-day program, and I will do that. It's, it's very much predominantly whole foods, plant-based. And once I get through that 21 days... It's incredible how glowy I feel. The other thing that can help with that is good old exercise. Something that you're comfortable with um, that works for wherever you are at at this period of time because you don't want to overdo exercise and set off your stress response. So it's finding a happy balance there. But that gets your bloodstream flowing, your, your circulation going and helps you glow too and it sets off those endorphins and all those feel-good things which are such a big part of beauty. Like I said this isn't an episode all about skin health but I think it's really important to point out that nutrients are key to how you look. You know it's a little bit like how it's key to your experience in peri and post-menopause as well. Food is 
such a huge contributor to our inside and out beauty and health. So when you eat a diet high in processed food, which often contains lots and lots of sugar, refined carbohydrates, which turn to sugar in the body, and added sugars to your foods and drinks, actually the opposite of this radiance and this glow can happen. And this is because sugar can lead to something called advanced glycation end products or AGEs. That affects your health as well, but from a beauty perspective, these can impede our collagen and elastin production. So if you eat a diet high in those things, your skin will look older and less vital, and it will probably have more visible wrinkles, sagging and discoloration, all those things we don't want. So, you know, that's why often I talk about avoiding sugar in terms of skin and beauty. If you have specific issues regarding your skin that you'd like me to cover, please send them through. I'll put all the contact details in the show notes. For now though, please realise that the nuts and bolts of midlife beauty is definitely lifestyle related. It's an inside job. It doesn't matter what you put on topically or how pretty a lipstick colour is, you need to work on those nuts and bolts to get the foundations right. So let's run through some beauty things, some of the things that typically change and sometimes stymie a few of us. (laughs) So first off, there's hair. Okay, yes, it changes. It starts to go grey. It can thin. It dries out and it may become more coarse. Some women embrace their grey and use the opportunity to ditch the dye and it looks wonderful. Some women cut their hair, others keep these long or grow it long. There are no rules about long or short either. You do you. But the thing to be aware of is nothing's changed in terms of suitability. Just as not every hair colour you chose when you were younger suited you, not everyone suits grey. So It's a bit of playing around to see what works for you and to see what you love. One thing though, Mother Nature is incredibly smart and our skin tone lightens as we grow older. So if the grey doesn't work for you, we generally do need to choose a softer, lighter shade anyway to be for the most flattering look. So that's something just to take a look at, see how you're going. It's quite important when it comes to hair to use a really, really good quality shampoo and conditioner if your budget allows. Some of the cheaper brands are quite harsh on hair and just like we do, our hair needs nurturing in midlife. And if you can add in a weekly treatment, so much the better. It sounds like a luxury, but really it If you want your hair to be in good condition, unless it's really, really short and you don't have to worry about that. Our sponsor, Menome, also has lots of locks for hair density that helps to anchor hair at the follicles to reduce that hair shedding that we can get. The other thing lots of locks does is boost the protein structure of hair and nails and it stimulates the production of collagen 4 and 7 in the dermal-epidermal junction of the skin, which thins with age. Now, the epidermal layer of skin is the outer layer, that's the layer you see. The dermal layer, because the skin has a few layers, the dermal layer is the layer 
right below that. So it's where those two join that can thin. So that collagen four and seven can help with that. And I love that it kind of triggers the production of it. You can find out more about lots of lots in an episode we've got um, if you just go to the contents. Now brows and lashes. Have you noticed that these get sparser as we grow older? If you think that's what's happening, you're not imagining it. On the flip side of that, sometimes your eyebrow hairs can grow longer. So you might have the odd one that's like about half an inch long, or we're in centimetres, aren't we? But, um, you know, that's quite long. (laughs) Uh, But they do, they definitely do change. Lucky for us that we live in the 21st century where there are loads of lash and brow serums around and they work. They're not instant and really they shouldn't be because it needs to go through the um, growth process, but they do work. And like many things, Lash serum started in medicine. It started with ophthalmology uh, treatment, actually, uh, and Latisse was the first lash serum that I remember. You still have to get it on prescription. And as a beauty editor, I had to try everything new on the block, but I reacted to that and made my eyeballs quite red. But then along came Lilash, and that is still my absolute favourite. It's quite expensive, but it's amazing. <laughs> um, you end up with very, very long lashes. But there are some other great ones around as well. There's Flash and Revitalash and so many more. If you've got a fave, let me know and I'll pop that in the show notes for everyone else as well. Brow serums work pretty much in the same way. Um, And a lot of people do notice that their brows get thinner as time goes on. One thing I will say about brows, if you've noticed that the outer third has disappeared this can be indicative of thyroid issues so do ask your doctor for a full panel thyroid test full panel is important here because standard tests TSH which is thyroid stimulating hormone but that might come back good and you still have thyroid issues going on so you need free T4, free T3, reverse T3 and thyroid antibody readings as well. Um, You might have to pay for those extra tests as well. The other thing that's popular these days is brow and eyeliner tattooing, which can be a huge bonus as you wake up in the morning and you're half done, so to speak. I've been getting my brows tattooed for several years now and it's amazing like you wake up and it kind of halves your job of getting ready and also as we grow older our eyesight can deteriorate so it can be hard to get those precision lines and like that fine eyeliner as well just right without glasses on if you can't use contacts I realize that a lot of people wear contacts eyeliner tattooing is amazing as well because it's it can create a very very thin line right at, at your lash line A great idea though for that fine work if you are using makeup is to get a magnifying mirror. It can make all the difference and that's for everything. That can be down to your foundations and your concealers and things as well to make sure everything is blended very well. And also lash extensions, of course, let's not uh, forget lash extensions and false eyelashes as well. Um, They can be amazing 
for me, I don't like doing a lot of work. So the actual having to go back and get them done all the time, kind of, I find it a bit annoying. But for those people that can wear them well, they are amazing. They look beautiful. And then there are the false eyelashes, which you can get magnetic lashes now, which are quite simple to apply and remove. Everything I'm going to speak about here is dependent on your budget. So if your budget is limited, nothing beats good old mascara and brow pencil. Or even if you already have serumed brows, and lashes or tattooed brows and lashes they can just add that little bit more and perhaps add some subtle eyeshadow but you know that's certainly not obligatory. Facial hair can also be common and this can be due to a higher androgen ratio or higher testosterone ratio so hormonal balance is key here as well but if you do get them you can pluck them out or you could have them lasered. It depends on often the pigment in the hair and the laser machine used. Electrolysis is also still around, which is like a needle going in that zaps them at the root. There is a level of discomfort involved in some treatments. Um, so if you can't handle that or your budget doesn't um stretch that far, try a depilatory cream which dissolves them and it's just basically wiping on a cream, leaving it on for five minutes and wiping it off. You do have to do that quite regularly. Sometimes we get more hairs, um, like we get a moustache, but there are two types of facial hairs that we can get. One is vellus hairs, which are the soft, downy, white hairs, and then there are the terminal hairs, which are the coarser, more pigmented, more coloured hairs. So if you have the vellus, vellus hairs on your moustache, I'd avoid waxing them. I know a lot of people love to wax, um, but in my experience, this can turn them to terminal hairs, which are those darker, coarser ones. Pigmentation can become very much a thing as we grow older too or age spots and dark spots if you've noticed um, sometimes they're called melasma like uh, like you can get in pregnancy this is something I'll revisit in skin health also but what estrogen decline actually can contribute to melanin synthesis so that can be why you may be more prone to them as you grow older but also it's the cumulative effect of sun exposure over the years as well. There are laser treatments that can help with this. Uh, when you have them, they tend to make the spots go very, very dark for a little while, so you look a little bit diseased, but then they eventually slough off and they're pretty wonderful. There's also, you could also choose a series of Cosmolin treatments, which are done by a specialist uh, beauty therapist or appearance medicine person. And this has a really, really good reputation. It can be very effective, but it takes patience and several months, but you do get the results. And like I say, it's all budget dependent. We've covered the inside out beauty, right? And then we've covered the foundations so once you've got those where you want them 
then maybe take a look at your makeup. Most of us like to use a lighter hand as we grow more mature, as it tends to be more flattering. With that said, if you're someone that has always, you know, done the full makeup and it looks wonderful when it's done well, don't stop, you know, it's great. Do, as I said before, you do you. But if you haven't done it before or you are looking for change or you feel like you need to update due to how your face may be changing, here's a few tips as well. So I know I never used to use concealer, I didn't feel the need, but what can happen over time is as your skin loses loses collagen you can get if you notice little dark spots in the corner of your eyes and that can be due to collagen loss or around your nose or perhaps you get starting to get marionette lines um, which are the lines that go from the ends of your uh, lips down to sort of your jawline. Now concealer can definitely help with those little dark spots um, in the corner of your eyes and around your nose but also it's great for blemishes, also pigmentation as well and many things like that. So the thing with concealer is just to ensure that it's, you use a very light hand and that it's blended very well. I find for me now and this might be you as well that I don't use a full-on foundation. Well, I use a full-on foundation very, very rarely. What I use now is a radiance primer under a tinted moisturiser with inbuilt sun protection. I just find that gives a lighter um, touch and doesn't settle into my lines and wrinkles as much. The radiance primer is amazing because it tends to help to add to that glow. I'm using a Jane Ardell one at the moment and I can't remember the name of it but I will seek that out and put it into the show notes for you in case you're interested. The other thing is a light dusting of mineral powder and or bronzer can also be super flattering. Mineral powder has like mica in it which gives you a natural glow and a soft tone as well. It's uh, a very beautiful thing. Again Jane Ardell has um, a great one aspect doctor. There are plenty of lovely mineral powders around and bronzer just gives you that little bit of colour. Um, a very good darling makeup artist friend of mine who is a star at making, making women beautiful has always said that bronzer is a girl's best friend. I would agree. So defining the brows, if they're not tattooed or tinted, etc., uh, with a precision eye pencil, perhaps lining the eyes, depending on your eyesight and depending whether you've had semi-permanent things done. The other girl's best friend is blusher that can just lighten up your face and as we grow older what can happen is we can lose the bone along with every all of the rest of our body and it can also lower on our face our cheekbones can sometimes lower if that's happened to you you would um, try putting the blusher underneath the cheekbone to create an illusion and then I'm going to bring in an expert makeup artist for you on one of the episodes. So again, if you have any questions, send them through. Or if you still have, you know, very quite prominent cheekbones, put them on the apples of your cheeks. 
And then lippy is the ultimate fisher, finisher offer. I call it lippy because um, we're incorporating lip gloss, a stain, or a lipstick, whatever. We all have a different preferences depending on um, what sort of textures we like, but also what we might be doing you know, on even any given day, like what we're going to wear every day is different to if we're going out to dinner. I find being older, it's best to use a lip liner as we can develop fine lines around the mouth and the lippy, whichever type you use, can bleed into that. Lip liner creates a waxy outline that helps to mitigate that. Um, which is really wonderful. And I'm not talking about the harsh lip line of the 80s, or was it the 90s? I can't remember, but there was this trend where um, we all wore a really dark lip pencil and then filled it in with a lighter colour, um, and it's kind of not flattering. And certainly it's not very 21st century, but I'm talking about a very subtle line. Um, I use a nude, nude colour, and um, uh, it's called Nudist and it's by Peachy Lipco at the moment. It's really wonderful. You can also get an invisible lip liner so you don't actually see the colour but it still creates that waxy barrier. I think Mecca, oh no, Sephora Cell, one of those. I can't remember the brand name. And of course we live life in the 21st century as well. So if you're bothered by wrinkles or sagging, you can go down the route of cosmetic appearance medicine and Botox, Dysport, Profilo, Dermal Fillers, PRP, LED light therapy. There is so much on offer, but I do know a lot about them and I do know some specialists, so if you would like to know more about them, do get in touch. The other thing I would say about all of this, about anything you're putting on your skin, go as natural as possible. A lot of personal care and products and and beauty products contain xenoestrogens or endocrine disruptors. And what these can do is mimic our natural estrogen, but not in a good way. They are estrogens that we really don't want in our body because they stop the um, natural estrogen uh, detox that the liver needs to do. So we want to be as natural as possible because we've got enough going on in perimenopause and menopause and postmenopause. So the more natural you can be, the better off you are because those xenoestrogens will also magnify any symptoms you may be um, experiencing. So I hope this was helpful. Thank you for listening to this episode of Women on Fire. If you love what we share, please subscribe and give us a rating and or a review. In addition, you could visit the Minomi YouTube channel. That handle is Minomi100. And there you can subscribe and watch all the interviews. Minomi is our sponsor. So do visit the website at www.minomi, that's M-E-N-O, short for menopause, me, M-E, short for you, .co.nz. That's the best way to support this podcast so we can continue to bring it to you. Thank you for your interest in midlife, menopause and women on fire.